0: Good evening, ladies and gents, and welcome to the Edgier Futurist podcast. By the way, for those people who haven't um, acknowledged that wonderful hip-hop jingle, um, I love it. I I I love it. And Dan, you weren't sure whether it would land. If other people don't like it, it's cool. I do. So, yeah, it makes you feel good just before the podcast is about to start. What do you think, Mr. Hawke?
1: I agree. Um, I'd prefer potentially uh, Bruce Springsteen, um, Joe Born to Don't... Run or something, but the problem is it costs you a fortune. <laughs> it's a, it, it, there's, no, there's only so many you can pick to get for free, and literally that is where we're at, isn't it? You know? So uh, yeah. it's the best of a bad luck punch. It doesn't, it... it doesn't sound as bad as lift music. It sounds yes. like bit <laughs> wilding that was pumping. You'd be going down the middle aisle straight away, wouldn't you? Let's just put that out there.
0: That 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 is true. But if Bruce Ringstein is listening to the Edge Futures podcast and wants to give us rights to be able to play Bo to run, that's also fine. Or if he's not, his agent is. Very possible. You know, we get everywhere. Um, or... Uh, to be honest, you say Bruce Springsteen, you don't really mean Bruce Springsteen. You mean something like h- hardcore. We all know that Steve loves hardcore country. This is going to be something like Dolly Parton or something. I think he'd prefer that. Is that is that, Brett, that more right? Brett
1: Young or uh, or Luke Combs. Or, yeah. or, or they're, they're my jam at the minute, I must admit. For those people, and, and we will get on to what the podcast is about, they get me through the day. As warm as it has been, they just calm me down. <laughs> they get Love through. It. My job, as you know, over the last year has changed uh, into uh, into a CEO role and I love it, but at times I just need that that five minutes in between a meeting where I just bang on music as loud as I can get it, but in my headphones so the kids aren't disturbed. And 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 it is whether I'm not born to run, I'm born to sit here and, and wish I was out running in cooler climate. But uh, Bruce Springsteen and, and Luke Combs have been getting me through this week. How's your how's your week been in the in the as as one of I guests said, hot as hell.
0: <laughs> yes, so, uh, yes, it's it's been it's been good in the UK for those people who want. Um from the UK, listening to us today. Thanks for joining us, by the way. We love it how uh, this kind of goes into weird spaces. We find out that we get in, we're all over the US, in Australia, India, Africa, all around Europe. So thank you for those listeners. But yeah, uh, for those who don't know, it's been the hottest day on record in the UK. And apparently yesterday, last night, Wednesday, Tuesday night, Monday night, what day was it? What day Monday night was the hottest night ever as well. So yeah, it's been it's been it's been hot. But in my world, in my crazy full on hyperactive world, it has been great. Um, I've enjoyed the time. Children have finished today. My eldest daughter's finished primary school for the for the. That's it. Now she goes to high school in September. Um, that was a big move for us. Big deal for us. Um, she was quite emotional, uh, as you'd imagine, but yeah, it's been, uh, it's been, it's been good, it's been a good week. Looking forward to 20 odd days going on holiday, uh, off to Fort but good, and uh, yeah, so we're coming to that point, it kind of ties into where we're getting with this with the podcast tonight, which is. Um, it's end of term and uh, a lot of a lot of places in the UK, it's the last day either today or later on this week, um, a lot of schools are finishing. So we thought we'd do something slightly different tonight, which was um, we thought that it would be really important to to get people around the table today to talk about this hot topic, <laughs> ironically about it being hot, everything's a hot topic today, but the hot topic around uh, staff wellbeing and, and teacher wellbeing. And we thought, well, how do we do this? How do we get the people around? What kind of people do we need around this table? And it it, it made a lot of sense that after our awards a couple of weeks ago, uh, and we had a winner from there and a winner from last year, and lots of people that are involved in this space around mental health and well-being in education, that we thought we'll pull some people together. So I'm not going to do the intros. These people are going to introduce themselves. And we're going to have a bit of a discussion around top tips, things that we can do, why it's so important, and then uh, w- what we can do in education to push this needle forward around making sure staff well-being is. So I suppose without further ado, it'd be good to bring our guests in.
1: As if by magic. As if They're by all mag- here. Yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to click down that to scroll my screen down. This is... <laughs> This is quite new to us. Remember, this feels like the awards. Do you know when we used to have loads of people on? Like, for those people who've ever used Streamyard, it used to be a bit of a nightmare for us because uh, you could only have so many people backstage, so we had to constantly <laughs> juggle in and out. So, uh, yeah. so it's, it, but for all those listeners that are listening uh, outside of the UK, you're probably going to understand us a little bit more because it's not just two northern lads just waffling on. There's going to be a diverse <laughs> mix of thoughts and ideas. I think this evening. Uh, so we'll go around. We'll 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 get people to unmute, introduce themselves the work that you're doing, and and you know what? It is unlike a normal roundtable. If you speak over somebody by accident, of course apologise, but let's just go with it. We will go down a rabbit's hole of, of intense information. There will be lots of information sharing, and I think one thing that we should put out there is, if at any point this is um, causes a trigger or anything else in regards to a story or, or anything else, there are people out there, and what we'll try and do in the show notes is, try and connect you we were interested in supporting but if at any point any of these stories or anything else um causes any distress or anything else just make sure that um you li- turn us off and, and do the right thing and, and reach out to the people around you and everything else because that's the last thing that we would want to do this should be a positive sharing of information so the problem is uh mention that we will start let me uh, make sure i've written the, li- the, the, the list down and good job that i did because i forgot dave, we will start with dave first dave if you want to introduce yourself
2: Brilliant. I love that. Uh, let's, let's not have two northern blokes rabbiting on and go straight to the northern block to rabbit on. <laughs> Top draw, <laughs> well done, lads. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Dave Sculls from Six Connections. Uh, yeah, we, we set up the business uh, two years ago on the back of my own journey around mental health. Um, we primarily work within charitable sector, corporate and, and with education. And our delivery is really um, around supporting people to, to help them start some of these kind of tough conversations, whether that's in inside the classroom, out of the classroom, whatever that looks like. Uh, and we've tried to do that as creatively and as comfortably as we can. So we've created a range of products that you would link with conversations, so coffee, tea, beer, stuff that you would normally have a normal conversation around, stuck a QR code on there, link to a website of help and support. And, we just want to normalise this topic of mental health, not just in a tick box training course, but, you know, on the footy on a Saturday afternoon when you're picking your kids up from school, just just in the good stuff, as, as well as maybe the not so good stuff as well. So, yeah, that's us, Six Connections, and that's what we do.
1: Cheers for joining you. And, uh, yeah, somebody who sounds probably even more northern than than Ben and me, so it's an interesting one, but uh, good good stuff. great to have you here, mate. And, and Sean?
3: Hi, everyone. My name's Sean Whitehead. I'm uh Co-host of that staff room podcast and currently a assistant head teacher in a Bolton school. Though I have worked in London as well, and I'm from the Midlands, so I'm going to bridge the gap here between the north and the south as I pass on to Miriam. Uh, yeah, we'll and we'll I'm from the more. south.
4: a bit of south chick to the mix. <laughs> so happy I'm. I'm uh, and yeah, and host with Sean of that staff room podcast, which we set up last year. Um, I'm a former school leader and teacher, but now working in education and consultancy. I work with lots of different schools and the school leaders. It's great.
1: Yeah, and Sean, just to put, yeah, great to have a, 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 a I'd say it's near the cliffs of Dover, must be. Um, we were almost hit in France by the, the sound of that accent. But like, you know, to me, I'm a Yorkshireman, anything past Sheffield South. Um, and again I apologize for my noisms and uh, anybody that I offend but we'll uh, we'll go to uh, thanks Miriam cat uh, I'm gonna go
5: the other way I'm from Cornwall so you know the extreme southwest
0: Love it. <laughs> That's almost Africa that's almost Africa
5: I know right. <laughs> I've just come back as well literally today about an hour ago um, it was so much colder and they were all complaining about 27 degrees and I'm sat here in my flat at 40 degrees thinking yeah no that's not. But anyway, so I'm Kat. I'm a reformed teacher. That's how I like to call it. So I used to be a primary school teacher um, and then I left because I'd been teaching for a long time and I got quite passionate about computing and computer science. Um, And so I left to become a consultant. My three year old's just coming in to talk to me uh, in perfect timing. Um, And uh, yes, I used to be a primary school teacher and now I'm a consultant as well. So I support schools with computing and ed tech. Um, But I also struggle with anxiety and depression. William's about to appear on camera.
0: Mummy. There we Hi, go. Hi, hey, Mummy. Hi, William. Yes, William. Are you doing a math lesson?
5: Yes, a math lesson. This is a math lesson. Um, and, yeah, so I, I like to talk about the fact that I struggle with anxiety and depression because Why I think too many people one? keep it to themselves. And I'm Why going to stop talking because attack of the kid, the
0: toddler. Mummy, mummy,
1: mummy. Love that. Jo, for those people who know Kat on a regular basis, how you manage that situation, Cat, and how you just continue? What a pro. Uh, but yeah, no, it's always great to have William join us, and yeah, and and you know what, Kat, I've I've known you for a long, long time, and 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 as a as a person, you do great stuff, and I know you share those stories and everything else. But as Dave said, and I think we'll touch upon for many before we bring the, the last guest in, Beth, that it's it's that openness, it's removing uh, the taboo. Um, I, I uh, we'll talk about mental health, but I also try and break down from my other side. Uh, I my, me and my wife went through IVF, and and that is. A similar thing where nobody wants to talk about it it's like oh really sorry what what are you sorry for I, I, I don't remember you being involved in any way and causing anything but i think that's the whole thing isn't it that people don't know how to tackle it and they prefer to not do anything rather than actually say something and respond but yeah great to have your cat uh, and the same beth but definitely not not last bef- uh, uh, last but not, not least our 2022 winner of the well-being champion Award. thank you
6: very much my name's Beth. My day job is an auxiliary nurse in a day and boarding school for, for girls aged between 11 to 19. In 2018, I set up a staff wellbeing program, um, partly because I found myself in a situation at work where, and I didn't know who to turn to. So, you um, know, I didn't want anyone else to feel like that. So, I put myself on a mental health first aid course lots of other courses as well in, um, since then and I tried to set up a staff wellbeing programme that, that I felt was innovative um, and I think it's, it's going well. So, so far we, we support staff in lots of man, many ways including a, um, support, a support email service which staff can email um, for support and signposting and that's completely confidential. Um, I do walking talks I do sit-ins in the staff room for a couple of hours armed with biscuits and leaflets and lots of information um, so yeah that, that's what I've been doing for the for the last sort of four years which has become quite a passion of mine actually Love it
0: I absolutely love it and I love the fact that uh, yeah you were our winner this year uh, of the, of the award but also, this is just what you do. It's not like it's not about the award. It's not about being champion. It's about the a real life. Um I, I had a problem. I had a challenge. I didn't want other people to have that same challenge. I, I just I love I love the stuff behind that. So thanks to all of you for joining us today. Um and thanks for um being a um uh, just willing to come and talk about your stories, really, and talk about why you do what you do. Um, lots of different variety. I'm being attacked by some kind of flying beast um, in this heat. I don't know if it is uh, anything to do with strange things. I'm hoping it's not. But the um, this is what happens with this crazy brain. It goes off in something else. But I, the, the, the point of this podcast, really, is to help people um, with you telling your stories about why you've done what you've done, which is kind of where we've started there, but also an opportunity really for us to arm our staff because every we got some great news in education this week. Uh, Today, actually, anybody's seen it from Sky News, that teachers are going to get a pay rise for the first time ever, or it feels like uh, that's come out today. Um, uh, Some nurses and police officers are also going to get some pay rises. They're not massive. But it's step in the right direction because we know that in, in in education in those public sector spaces that there's an awful lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure everywhere. We know that I, uh, for those who know already, I stepped out of education full time um, just over twelve months ago, and there's different pressure. But in education, the this almost expectation that staff um are uh, go above and beyond. We one of our Uh, previous guest nick ferroni is very active on twitter if you've seen him recently about talking about the work in the in the us and the expectation and the the stress that's placed on teachers expectation in in terms of um unpaid hours and and all the other things that go with it it's there's 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 a conversation that often happens between teachers or between people who are not in teaching talking about teachers that they get they work nine till 3 they get thirteen weeks already a year. Um, it, it, they get an hour for their loading and sheets. And those of us who are in education, obviously, always catch that bit and jump on that bit and uh, and and tell them that it's not true. And uh, I know it'll be, be really good to to jump into talking about the program that you've been starting, Dave, around uh, I'm married to a teacher. Those of us who are married to teachers or um, have lived with teachers or had parents that were teachers. Um, we, we we know that it's not the case and um, we know that it's very much not the case so we want to jump into to, into good conversations today we, we know that there are challenges that come with mental health and well-being my story is very as is, is, is also very public about my my uh struggles with depression uh, and and workaholism um and the whole conversation that that led into in terms of um my own mental health struggle but that's part of the reason why we want to do this because the trigger for me was being in education, working 80, 90, 100-hour weeks, that never feeling like I was in front, the pressure of wanting to push up the ladder and all the things that went with that, plus the pressure of worrying about your children and your young people and making sure that they achieve and get off to university and the stress that goes with that, plus the management of staff, all the stuff that went with it. And it just made me feel like I couldn't do it anymore and I couldn't do it well. And I think it's really important that we 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 kind of fight against the, some of the stigmas that happen in education and we fight against that in a really good way and we we recognize teachers are wonderful it's going to always going to take a teacher teachers are the best asset that a school has got and we need to look after them i don't mean that against sports staff or anybody else but staff in in education are the most important people that we've things that we've got forget about tech forget about all that stuff that we all love it's all about the staff in terms of as an asset so Dave, do you want to talk to us, talk to us a little bit about that and am married to a teacher programme and then we can kind of just see where this goes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, probably because I'm not in education, but I've been surrounded by education, as you said there, you know, Ben, I, I started uni training to be a teacher and, and came out of two years of my degree going, I, I don't think this is for me. And it was nothing to do with teaching. It was all around all the stuff that was coming in from a paperwork point of view. And my dad was a high school teacher came out of education because of stress and my wife is a primary school teacher. So I've been around education for a long time. You know, the majority of my mates now from uni are all heads and deputies because that's the level of where they're at with their career. And as we started to deliver some of our, our training and support delivery in the corporate sector, I just had a real passion for wanting to do something in education, but trying to do something that was different, different to everything else that was being offered, but also complementary. Because what I'd realised with my own journey, which you know, Ben, you know, mental health came into my world because I lost a mate to suicide and it was unexpected. And I I dealt with that over a number of years, professional support, but also having good colleagues and family and friends around me that wanted to take me out for a brew and find out how I was doing and and just wanted a conversation. I thought, actually, that's probably a really valuable thing in, in this education space and a lot of the conversations I were having with teachers, you know, it was, we have this from local authority and this comes in X, Y, and Z, and it all sounded very, very samey. And it was less about asking somebody how they were, more about asking somebody how they were in education. And I kind of went, I I think we need to go right back to basics and find out how people were doing. So yeah, the programme that we deliver is called I'm Married to a Teacher, because I am. And it's called that because... I get the reality of the day. You know, my wife can't necessarily fall apart at work in front of 40 kids because she's got to hold it together for 40 kids. And, you know, there's a staff team there who are holding it together for each other because you're all in the same boat as teachers, supposedly. You're not. You're on You're on the same sea. You might be in very different boats every Monday, but that's the ethos that we support each other because we're all going through the same thing together. And, you know, when she comes home, she unpacks the day. Of course we do. That's what we do. And Some days it's brilliant, some days it's not so brilliant. And on the not so brilliant days, I started to try and fix it because I'm a bloke and that's what we do. Um, And she didn't want fixing. She just wanted to unpack some stuff and somebody to listen. So it was more put the kettle on than fix some things. And some days I also had to look after myself in that because if I wasn't having a great day, it wasn't the best time for me to be massively supportive. So sometimes those conversations needed to be later. Or I knew that the conversation was coming. So I needed to prep something that was good for me afterwards, you know, go out for a run, whatever the stuff was that I enjoy doing. And the more I start to talk to teachers about this, there was this almost this light bulb moment of teachers going, I've been doing that with my partner for 20 years. I've never even thought about what they can unpack and what they can take on. And then you have that dilemma of a teacher that's married to a teacher and they realise that they've been unpacking this stuff for 20 years and never finished a conversation because as soon as one person unpacked, the other person unpacked and it went round. So we've really just delivered something that starts with how are you doing as a senior lead, which is primarily where we're going while you're trying to look after some, you know, everybody else, your staff, the kids that you're looking after, how are you looking after you? And it's a very rare question, it appears, in education. Um, and and that's, that's where our focus is. That's what we want to do for people. And, and it just lands, creating space for people to breathe, taking them out of school, all this kind of stuff. Doesn't seem very complex, but it makes, it makes a massive difference, environment and stuff like that. I one
5: think thing is, I find, um, Oh, go on, go on Kat. One, one <laughs> thing I find really interesting is that a lot of the people who are make the best teachers are really empathetic people. And they feel and they care about their children, which of course then means that they're taking on the emotions of their children and they're taking it with them and they're coming home with it. And yeah, it's like there was, a, was it Roman Kemp did a documentary? Um, it was last year now. And he just kept saying, How many times have you actually asked someone twice how they're doing? And it's really interesting because if someone says, How are you doing? you automatically say, Oh, yeah, I'm great. Thank you. How are you? And then when you stop and say it a second time, "Never, yeah, how are you actually feeling? And you think, Oh, yeah, okay, maybe not because, um, you know, I I had him um, in lockdown. I ended up seeing a therapist because the doctor said to me, because I was getting headaches, the doctor said, you know, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's fine apart from, you know, everything going on in the world. They said, no, can you explain that? What do you mean by everything that's going on? How are you really doing? And I just sobbed. And I hadn't realised how much was going on. And like, I was having a full-on depressive incident. Like, and I hadn't even realised because I'd been holding it all inside. And it was only because that doctor said, no, seriously, how are you doing? And it just, it's incredible how much we go through our lives saying, oh, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Um, yeah.
3: It's interesting you saying that, because I'm just realizing that <laughs> conversations I'm having at home at the moment are that, like, oh, how, how was your day? Yeah, it was fine. And then later That's on, in the, like, oh, yeah, this <laughs> happened. And by the way, then this happened. And, I'm, I, you know, you forget that you school day is so jam-packed, you know, yeah. and um, you might leave thinking of the last thing that you did. But if you reflect back to what happened, period one, it could be a very different situation, particularly in leadership. You know, so I suppose that question, that second question, that second ask, is so important. If you know if someone's listening and they're uh, married to a teacher, perhaps
4: <laughs> I'd never but, thought of it um, in terms of <laughs> how my husband feels when I would come home and just <laughs> food. Either I'd never even. Computed he would be that's really awful. I sound like an awful wife, don't I? Like, just computed that he would be taking all of this on as well. And I suppose, like, when I reflect on it, everybody has a school experience, so everyone can kind of put themselves in that, although they may be teachers, they can remember what school life is like, or they can remember what you know, being in front of you know, being in a classroom is like, whatever. And so, I just never even like considered when I'm just like, oh, this well, it was never really the kids, the teachers, blah, 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 this issue, da, da, da. and, you know, going home and just offloading all of that, and I feel like quite bad, I feel like I need to go and apologise, <laughs> or I just ask him, how are you, after 14 years of abuse, of me just, <laughs> not I think what happens asking you in that. how
1: you are.
2: <laughs> yeah, what happens in that as well, I think, which is really important, is actually some of those conversations on some days are absolutely brilliant. Some of those days, are oh, the kids have been great. We've done this; it's been great. It's been it's been fabulous. So, actually, creating the space to do that, whether that's in school or, or outside of school, you know, some of our sessions are so simple. We do a session on starting the conversation, then the follow up sessions about listening, and it's such an eye opener for people. So we're going right. Okay, yeah. you start the conversation. You've asked somebody where they are, and then you're basically tapping away on a keyboard while they they're pouring their heart out, and that's not listening. Yeah, yeah. And in an environment like you said, Sean, you know, in an environment that is so chocker and busy all the time you actually have to create the space for that conversation to take place. And and if the habit comes when, you know, we're doing okay, which is where we're approaching things, let's talk about this stuff when we're doing okay, rather than just when we're struggling, actually those conversations become positive mental health conversations, as well as the more stereotypical negative mental health conversations yeah. and, you know, and everything else in, in between.
0: Um, I think I think in that Dave as well. And I, I think it, it I'm guessing, I'm making an absolute massive assumption about what Sean and Miriam have, have done in terms of the Staff Room podcast. And i will certainly know what Cat did in lockdown in terms of the gig staff room, the global gig staff room, where creating space really where where there was a void. Because when I when I was when I first started teaching, I remember I remember it like it was yesterday, my first teaching placement at Accrington Moorhead High School. And um, we ended up teaching in the end for quite a significant amount of time. Um, I remember walking into the staff room and there were, this was about eight o'clock in the morning. There were probably already about 30 people sat in there. Um, And everybody was having a brew. Everybody was having a, some toast or something. They're eating their breakfast. They're having a chat, talking about the football, talking about what had gone on. And then the bell rang and everybody went, oh, better go now to work. And then they, they tunnel off back down. And then at break time, there was a little balcony where the, the lovely, lovely kitchen staff would put on tea and coffee and toast for the teachers. And we'd have a space where the teachers would go and sit at break time. And we'd all go and sit up there. And then at lunchtime, we'd all meet back in that, that st- in that staff room and have a chat. Bella go again. And we go, oh, yeah, back to teaching again. And then end of day, sometimes you'd have a conversation in there or, or whatever. And I, then very, very quickly... The staff room got smaller, we got to a point where we didn't have a staff room, the, the break, break balcony stopped, lunchtime went from being 45 minutes to being half an hour, we split lunches, Things all these things started to happen, which meant the staff room disappeared and that connection that we had as humans just stopped. And what did people end up doing? Start having their lunch in their in their, in their classroom mm. is what happened. And then you had that isolation happening, didn't you? And so I know I know it's not everywhere. And that might and that's not a that's not decrying any organization that's done that, but it's but it's it's part of the truth of what happened, isn't it?
3: Yeah. I think um that's why it's so important that line managers or, or you know leaders in school build that time within the week to have these conversations with the staff that they're leading, you know. Um not just unpacking at home, but you know, it can be very It can be very, um, I guess, time pressured to go through your agenda, but just having a moment to ask, how are you doing? And, you know, that follow-up really, how are you doing? Or putting some questions at the start of every line management. I know that me and Miriam have, we worked in the same school together and we use this highlight, spotlight, low light at the start of our SLT meeting every week. And it was just a really good way before we got into the meat and bones of the meeting to just hear what everybody's going through so something i've like you know stolen and uh, and repurposed in in line management but i find it so interesting because half the time it will shape what the next part of your discussion is going to be along and you might not realize that x y and z is happening with this person it could be inside school or outside school but it all it all makes a difference and interestingly you know recently you know how it can be quite quite busy at the end of term there's a lot to pack in before you break up um and just hearing the same messages in each line management you go okay well this is something I need to take back and reflect on you know mm. so I think I think, I, remember, I think that's super important.
4: based off what Sean just said then it just gives me um to think of something where um I used to have education coaching as part of a leadership course I was on and the lady that was kind of my coach was talking to me about transactional relationships and how a lot of the time because we were talking about um, dynamics and things like that and a lot of things uh, I was talking about like you know a little bit frustrated when people just always asking, asking, asking of me but they haven't actually asked how I am or anything like that And but then she said would you do the same thing I was like actually I do like, I, I can go ahead of science and say I need this data or I need this thing right now I wouldn't say right now but like I need this and, you know, I wouldn't have necessarily gone, oh, what's going on in your, you know, what's happening in your area right now? Or, you know, or how are you? What's what's happening for you? And I just wouldn't really find out how they were doing. It. Just it would become transactional. When I think what Ben was describing there of like, you know, that staff room culture getting more and more minimal and people just having their lunches in the classroom and, you know, things come over email, have a lot more email than you do personal interact, all of that kind of you know that led leads to this kind of transactional culture of I'll just talk to you when I need something from you and I think that's why we set up Starframe podcast because we wanted to create this kind of vibe of a star again where teachers are talking to each other and sharing their ideas and sharing their thoughts and talking about how they're doing um but yeah I, it just really strikes me that, that schools ha- mm, I can't say all schools but there's there seems to be a bit of a shift in culture where it has become Transactional and
5: conversational on those things. And going, going back to what Sean was saying, it's it's so important that we create that safe space for staff because you get that idea of like enforced mindfulness. You will relax today, and that's not going to work. It's got to come from the top. It's got to feel safe. Like when I was teaching, while my school were very supportive of me, you know, my dad passed away while I was teaching. He had a brain tumour. He was ill for a long time, and they were supportive of that, but they also said no parent is allowed to know you struggle with depression you must not mention that ever because you will be judged and you won't be seen as a good teacher so it was that you know that culture of it does not get talked about we don't mention this and actually to a certain extent there were a couple of member staff who sort of mocked it a little bit you know mocked having mental health and didn't appreciate or you know well you seem to cope with your depression why can't they um and it was yeah it's it's really difficult to create that culture and it was interesting actually before we started because Beth was saying what she's been doing in her school and it sounds like that's a really powerful way of um creating that culture so yeah
6: yeah I, I think um like you say bringing back the staff room where everyone can that that's a space for staff to come and feel safe and have some time out but um in our organization it's also a place where staff can come and pick up information and you know if they don't want to come and they don't want to email me personally, some staff would rather remain, you know, that their my identity was, um, remained anonymous. But yeah, it's important to have that staff, that staff room and have the connections because sometimes departments don't always mingle. And when there's these sort of eating your lunch at your desk while answering emails, it's it's just so unhealthy. And I think one of the things I encourage and um, at my work, although I'm, I'm still, I think, got a bit of a fight on, on my hands to get everybody to do it, is I put things like board games and self-help books up in our staff room um, where where I have a, a big staff wellbeing board with lots of resources on. And the idea is just to get staff up there and, and talking, even if it's for a quick game of Connect Four, you know, ter- turn off the screens, put the emails, away just just for half an hour or an hour and speak to a colleague because quite often those conversations then become a little bit more natural you know before you know it you're asking someone about their day or you know how's your day been how how's life at, at the moment and those conversations become more more natural when you're when you're not hitting behind the screen or being you know the conversations are not forced
2: I think it's say. a lot of relationship, isn't it? You know, I think that's, that's where it comes in. We, we've got this powered by mates tagline and we're not saying to everybody, you know, you're best mates with everybody. You're colleagues with some people, aren't you? you know, my, my, my teaching friends have got friends within their school that they've, they've been teachers with for years and they've got other people in there that are just colleagues. But Actually, this simple message that we try and put across is, look, if you can look after yourself and you've got some tools to look after yourself, if you're in a position to then support somebody else, you know, you know how that person left on a Friday. You know how they came back in on a Monday, but you also know about the family, how many kids they've got, what they were planning to do of, of, the, you know, of the weekend. You know what football teams, have, but you've already got some sort of conversational dialogue that works at whatever level you have that relationship. You know, the Connect Four idea I absolutely love because people make all these big deals about things like mindfulness and making it into something complicated. It's actually just bringing you into a space, isn't it? A game of Connect Four with somebody having a conversation that says, how was your weekend? Good, bad, or indifferent? Right, okay, another counter goes in. It's so simple, but yet so, so powerful because you're forming a connection, aren't you? And that conversation might not take place there and then, it might take place week's time, but you, you're you starting to create an environment, aren't you, where you've given somebody license to talk good, bad, everything in the middle, which I think is massive. I
5: was just going to say, one of the schools I work with have um, started implementing jigsaw puzzles in the staff room and people just come and plonk a piece down and then walk off. But they had one that was the map of the London Underground and it was almost all white space. I literally took one look at it and walked out. But what I was going to say actually was um, the flip side of that is that we're all very good at, or we're getting better at looking after each other, but it's, um, but the one thing that people are often failing to do is looking after themselves too. Um, I do a lot of work, uh, I follow on Instagram a lady called Anna Mather and she keeps talking about this idea of mum guilt and how as parents we quite often prioritise our children. And actually I met an old friend on the beach on Saturday and she put sun cream on her children, she fed her children, she sunburnt herself because she just didn't even think to apply it to herself because we always prioritise our and as a teacher, you prioritise your family, you prioritise your class and you put your own mental health at the back of the queue. Um, and it's just it, it's little things like like when I was teaching, I wouldn't go to the doctors if I was ill because that, that would have to wait until the holidays. Mm. You know, I, I can just hold on to my illness. Um, and so now I'm trying to like actively do one thing for myself in the week. You know, whether it's, do you know what, I'm just going to have 10 minutes and I'm going to read a book or when I'm working from home. I'm going to take a half hour break and go for a walk. I'm going to do that one thing for myself. And it's it's ridiculous because we never think about ourselves or we rarely think about ourselves for, that, for our priority because we're worried about feeling guilty. We're worried about being seen as selfish. But actually, if we are failing, if we are
0: struggling, we can't be the best mum. We can't be the best teacher. Yeah. So, do you know it's really interesting as well? It's that, it's a continuum that as well, isn't it? There's those people that are never think about themselves, and those people on the other end that always think about themselves. And uh, and I think I think what what's what's happening is is that you mentioned it right at the beginning, Cat. I thought this was this was really poignant where you talked about a lot of the best teachers are, are great empaths. They understand. They, they can understand the feeling, or they can see in somebody's eyes when something they haven't got something, or they don't understand something. Um. But like you said there, because they take on the feelings of other people, it makes them worry about that. I think we we, we I made, made a little sarky comment there earlier about um, uh, teachers getting loads of holidays and uh, nine to three and all that kind of stuff. In fact, I, I even made that joke to my mum the other day. I'm like, I don't know what you're morning about. You've got six weeks off coming up. Not like some of us who've got to work all the time. I make that joke because I left teaching 12 months ago because I can now make that joke. But uh, the, the the truth is, is that for a lot of people, they're coming to summer break and summer break isn't always the easiest. Um, it's not easy for teachers to switch off at all because we feel like we need to think about the displays for next year. We need to think about the next bit of curriculum. Um, Often teachers get poorly this week because they've sobered them down the whole that the, 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 the They're on catch-up. And then if you're in leadership or if you're in, even, not even if you're in leadership, but if you're teaching exam classes, you're starting thinking, oh, results days are coming. Um, and what's that going to mean? And we know the trigger that that creates. So I wonder whether it would be worth us just kind of exploring now some ways to support because you've we've all talked about that. We've talked about like being a listening ear. We've talked about, asking the second question we talked about creating space i wonder in this like in this summer break time what can teachers do and Kat, you mentioned they're doing something for yourself but i wonder if we can start there sean you you like you want to join us first
3: yeah because i'm actually going through this debate in my head at the moment um we did the podcast a week a few weeks ago about exams and being like are you a crammer or a planner and very much my holidays have been about cramming you know getting to the results day and then going oh I haven't done anything the whole summer and then just doing that last week and, you know, on reflection, really what it feels like is the seven week term starts to feel like an eight week half term, you know, and you've added an extra week to what is a very difficult term. And I've, I've found that, to be honest, a, a, the last couple of times I've done it quite overwhelming when you get back, you know, you, you're, you're already in this kind of geared up mindset. So I'm considering this year, like being very thoughtful about, planning in little days here and there where I'm going to do a little bit of work, um, you know, and and things that are going to help me out next year and really being intentional about what needs to, what, what should I do? What must I do? What could I do? You know, if I had the time left over, but really being intentional about how I spend the time and when it fits around other obligations, like I don't want to be taking a laptop away with me to France, you know, when I go away, which I have done in the past and it's just become an unnecessary item because I've never, ever worked on a holiday. Um, you know, so being like more intentional about when when I actually use that time. So that's a debate that's going on in my head at the moment. Um stay tuned to see if I actually get it done or whether I'm going to be cramming in the, the final week of August.
4: <laughs> I think something else we spoke about is about protecting our time as well. Like because when, when I am ahead of a sixth form, I had to be in for a results day, a look before the day on the day after then I'd be in the following week for UCSE results the day before the day of the day after because then that was also sixth form enrollment day and then the following week we used to have SE residential so it would be like that just be right in the smack, smack bang in the middle of the week It'd be like three weeks of the holiday weekend and so it was really important for me to protect the first part of that holiday and so some of the ways that I did that would be taking Outlook off my phone so I couldn't see my emails so I it was just not going to even look in engaging anything work-wise and then um I think as a result of the pandemic a lot more work stuff went onto my whatsapp and so then that would still was so I think something just practical that I had to do was just mute um until a few days before results day so that I wasn't constantly looking at messages and constantly thinking about work and I think correct me if I'm wrong Sean I think one year where as a senior leadership team, we actually like and any emails or the, the email getting like redone or something because we were having a brand rechange change or something. So we actually couldn't access our emails for the majority of the holiday and it was so amazing everyone's Preach. like wow Preach. like this was so great not to have to look at our... because like you do you get especially you're in leadership you do constantly get a barrage of emails from so many different places people parents you know pools you get if you're in pastoral you might get safeguarding stuff through whatever and it's constant it's just it's good
5: pause schedule send is my new best like the amount of teachers i've shown look you can schedule this to go tomorrow morning so if you do because obviously some people do need to work in the evening but don't bother other people at midnight you know the amount of times i've shown a school and they're just oh my god game changer
0: yeah i I had a head of hr actually put on the bottom of her email and she encouraged other people to say um this email comes at a time when i feel it comfortable to work with because that helps my mental health if it if your mental health isn't is isn't helped by reading it at this time I'm not expecting a reply until you're in your working hours, and she, she, it, it, something like that. I've, 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 really ruined what she said, but basically said she likes to work at that time, and that helps her. So don't tell her that she can't work at that point. But you're right about protect finding the time of protection, and I, I, I know, I know what I'm like. I am on that. You've probably all worked out. Forever. And I was at a sixth form as well, Miriam. So I feel that pain of uh, those. M- my wife used to say, When can we go on holiday, Ben? I was like, um We've got them weeks between like the 21st of July until like maybe the 4th of August. That's not even two weeks, Ben. How are we supposed to do that? It's, but yeah I, I feel, I totally feel that pain. So you've talked about making time, creating space. You talk about maybe planning and, and being intentional about where you're going to do it. So you're not just thinking you need to cram towards that end. And you're also talking about doing things that that, that, that we're happy with and uh, things that make us happy.
3: Yeah, and no, I think um, similar to what Miriam said about the WhatsApp groups um, that, you know, have seemingly kind of taken over um, since kind of the lockdown, I feel that, you know, teaching entered our homes, um, like working entered our homes for for people that weren't used to it. And it's been a very, a very difficult thing for people um that i speak to and you know work with to shift all of the work back into school you know more more often and it is it kind of relates to what you were saying Kat, about these late night emails you know that they are be for me they feel more common now than they ever did um you know and obviously if people have families they're going to work later and stuff but i think when you have the summer, it's a great opportunity to kind of reclaim your home and make it a space that you are not working and a space that you can switch off, you know, and if possible, you know, you might even go in when you do finally have to do some work, you could physically go into your school and do it there. You know, I know a lot of schools are open and it just divides that space. So home feels like a a different space, a safe place, you know, um, somewhere where you could really focus on the people that are there with you
4: you might need some accountability for that as well right so like I, I mean I, me and Sean would back and forth a lot of things like just make sure I don't do this or make sure I do this or whatever but also my husband he's like he became really strict with me like no this is our time like you're not going to phone you're not going to do this you're not going to do that for work and it's helpful to have someone you can be accountable to about when you say I'm going to protect this time for you know, non-work stuff during summer or whatever and and hold yourself accountable to someone because you can very quickly, oh, just, let me just quickly send this. Let me just do, it's just on my phone. Let me quickly like send this email off or whatever. Um, but when someone knows your intention is to not do that, they can challenge you. So I think having someone you can be accountable with and it helps.
1: I, I agree, Kat, I, I'm with you. Um, I, I work from home. Uh, so I'm a year into the transition, of, of trying to look after myself, uh, working from home, uh, having two young children, getting used to it and moving out of education. But I don't know how you'll find or anybody else where I'm like, I'm working, grafting and I get to a half term I'm like, right, let me just, at least let me just refresh in the, that period of time. And, and But I, I'm not getting it. But for my team, knowing that I might work late evenings, if my kids are up, I might be firing emails off at two o'clock, but schedule send for my team is a blessing. Not for me because I'm working at that time, but for them, 100%, it has to be, it might be out of my inbox and off my to-do list, but what is the impact of that, if that's seen, if it's work to do, do you know, even if they're seeing it early morning, thinking, oh, I've seen that before, I can even get onto my computer because I've got dropped the kids off and I've got to work flexibly. Just have that understanding of, just because it's okay for uh, for, for you, um, doesn't mean it's okay for them. And, and and I don't, yeah, it's an interesting one. And, and, and I, I've been sitting here listening and, and uh, as I often do, Ben always says, I always come in at maybe two or three times during the podcast because I've not been, and, and I do have a lot to say, but I, I just sit there and I'm thinking, what resonates with me? And that whole thing around looking after yourself is so important. One thing, as, as a male of my age, uh, I, I've been through a challenging time in terms of my health. Ben knows this. I don't think I've even necessarily shared it public, but I've been through a health scare. Um, and when you've got two young kids, and you you're told potentially the big C word and everything else that goes with it. The impact that you're having with that as you go through it, you're thinking, I'm all right, I'm all right. My wife's like, Are You all right? And I'm like, Yeah, I'm all right. And me and Ben have had conversations. I was like, Ben, well, let's be honest, I wasn't all right, were I? I wasn't. Like, you know, I, I sold you on, I got through it and everything else. And luckily, I've come out and it wasn't. Um, and it isn't uh, cancer, it's some random thing. I'm still trying to learn the, it's M- called MGS. I don't even know what it is, it's a blood condition. But I, I still don't know. I've got another assessment on Friday. But I didn't look after myself. I didn't think how by looking after myself and sharing that because I just don't. I don't know why I didn't. I it's still it is that taboo thing. When I look at it, it's like it's so silly. Why did I not share that? Why did I think that the best way to do it was just to hold it all in? And and that is, I think, the the the, the celebration that I think is this evening. As we go forward, we do more on it. And this is why we have a, an award around well-being and everything else because people are still been, i call it silliness for me—but for many, actually, it, was, it, it 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 goes more serious than potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, my i had a, a school friend that uh, committed suicide uh, a couple of years ago. He's, 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 he's uh, Michael Atkinson, and 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 yesterday, uh, sorry, the weekend just gone, they have a celebration. A tour de Aki—he uh, was a police officer, and and he, uh, and his family and his friends arrange a uh, uh, across um, England cycle race and all this kind of thing, but he didn't. He got to a point where actually there wasn't a point where it wasn't silly. I'm saying it's silly. It wasn't because actually if I hadn't have reached out and anything else, it can lead to other things. Another thing that I've, we've kind of not covered, and, and I know we're focusing on education, is um, potentially I see it, and I don't know whether everybody else has noticed if you're on social media, a wave of this time of year and maybe a little bit of time ago, but all of those people who are, are in hope of trying to get their first teaching job they haven't even got into teaching and know the stress of that, and actually the stress of, uh, of any job. Like you know, the, the, and, and I see it lived on social media. And maybe it's the generation and the, and, the, and and the, the the way that the world is now. But those people saying, "I've applied for seven jobs. I don't even think I'm going to get a job. I just want to be a teacher." What does that look like? And I don't even know where I'm going with it. I, I feel like I've just waffled for the last ten minutes. But like literally that that whole thing of picking off leadership, like, you know, think stuff like everybody in education people who had not even got into education it's a human conversation we're having and yes we're pointing it from education but i think it's a bigger conversation isn't it to be had um yeah there's no question if anybody wants to come in and save the, the listeners i was, from I was just gonna say
5: if anybody is in that situation of not being able to find a first teaching job it took me two and a half years which is the maximum possible time allowed to find a teaching job because i was looking for roles in cornwall and on average, there were about 100 applicants per job. I know of schools that they were literally just throwing half of them in the bin saying, luck of the draw. Um, so yeah, I moved to London in the end to get my first teaching job, um, which worked out all right for me. Um, and the other thing I was gonna say, just sort of circling back around, is, um, one thing that I know is a problem in education for teachers is you get to the summer holidays and if you've got children, then you think, okay, well, I've got to spend the whole summer holiday focusing on my children. And um, there's no time for you to decompress and I keep saying this, but actually as human beings, I love my son, but I couldn't spend all holiday with him. I have booked him into childcare two days a week because I'm, well, I'm gonna be working because I'm freelance, but I think even if I wasn't teaching, even if I was teaching, I'd probably still want that because I don't have family support nearby um, for various reasons. We don't have people we can just say, oh, can you take William for a day? So we have to rely on childcare. But um, yeah, I think it's so important that we don't feel guilty that we may need a bit of our own space. Um,
2: yeah. I think one of the things that we do, and again, you know, education isn't my background. One of the things we say to a lot of people is what advice would you give to your best mate? And that advice you give to your best mate, take it for yourself. Because it's often we're very good at helping other people, aren't we? and our advice for other people is usually really good. Why? Because we've invested heavily in them. We know about them. Actually, we don't point that back at ourselves you know, on that very simple transaction of going, actually, that's what I'd say. Oh, actually. And it, it's going back to that accountability that, that you were talking about, showing you that self-accountability, almost putting it in the third person creates this option of going, actually, yeah, I'd tell somebody else that. Why am I not doing that? And it's just that, that little moment, isn't it, to trigger and just maybe do something simple that, that is the self-care for you. It might only be a little thing, but it, it can make a huge
0: difference, can't it? 100%. 100%. I know that you wanted to jump in, Beth. Uh, look, I've set you up there, Beth. You can jump in. <laughs>
6: Yeah, I, I was just going to repeat what Dave said, really, which is just um, li- listening to your own emotions. You know, allowing yourself to feel and, and recognize those emotions, and have your bad days. You know, you're you're entitled to have have your bad days as, as well. And also, just re- reaching out for help, I I think is the main thing. And I know that's what you do, Dave. You're trying to re- reduce the stigma and just get the conversations flowing, which is what i've really been trying to do in um you know in our staff well-being program which is just make conversations more second nature there doesn't have to be a stigma or you know worry around certain topics so i think yeah just knowing that it's okay to reach out for for help is, is the main thing if people find themselves struggling um, also you know i've spoke to a lot of staff and for most staff you know they're running out of the door (laughs) on on the last day and they're super happy but actually for some it's quite daunting because they they actually thrive on the routine um for some people keeping the routine is really important to them so i find for some staff they're actually quite daunted by the six weeks holiday what am i going to do with myself especially maybe for staff that have got older children that that have grown up um so yeah, I think um, everyone's experience is different. Not not everybody will be running out of the school, singing. schools out for summer. Some people will find it quite daunting. So yeah, just um, just listen to your your own emotions and, and seek help when you need.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think as well, it's a great opportunity having that time to do all the things that we don't have time to do during the term, you know, and um, I'm sure that some people that will have partners who are teachers and they have that time off together you know, but there'll be a lot of people, you know, me included, who has a partner who is not in education. And sometimes, you know, they're, they're at work all day and you could just be left in the house alone and you can Netflix. End- yeah. Well, it can, weeks can kind of disappear. you know? <laughs> Um, as a lot of the lockdown did for me getting through games of thrones, but, um, you know, there's loads of things that I, I always wish I had more time to do, whether it's in the that I know as well, are good for well-being, whether it's going out and being out in nature, having social connections, whether that's phone calls or going to meet people, you know, spending time with your family and your friends, um, doing whatever active active activities and, and get, getting experiences. I know all those things positively contribute to well-being but it's so easy to miss the opportunities to do them when we have the time um and you know at least if you don't you know you might might have moved to an area I don't know but at least if you don't have anyone that's off work with you you know you've got a lot of teachers that are so you know it's about ringing ringing the ones that you know and seeing if they you know I'm sure there are people sat at home who are, that are in your position that work in your school mm. that would love that phone call and say do you want to come around mine for a barbecue or whatever it might be Know, particularly if it's going to stay like this weather,
1: is that an invite? Yeah. Just uh, to there's a lot of people listening <laughs> yeah. in, so it's not one of those things where you, somebody puts it on Facebook and all of a sudden there's a barbecue at your Sean, tomorrow and everybody's yeah, turning up. It but doesn't have an open door policy, we'll, 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 we'll add the address into the show notes after the, the podcast. But you, 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 <laughs> must, you,
0: must have, you must have an open door policy, you're a teacher, that's the rules, yeah. isn't it? Open door policy. But I think, um, I, I'm listening to this and I'm loving it. I love the idea that we are. Just going back to basics, like do, do good things, get out in nature, be um, listening for people, checking on people. I think um, we – I've made I've made a conscious effort to be the kind of person, and it, and it is intentional, um, and Steve will know this, and I hope and Steve will, will, will agree that I do this, and, and I hope Dave does as well, which is I make a conscious effort every day that I'm checking in. I know who I've checked in with, and I, I literally – I have a little book of the people that I need. I know I, 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 who are my responsibility to check in for. The reason why is because people didn't always check in on me, and it, 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 it and I got to a very very close point where they would have never been able to check in on me. And so that point is that as we talk about teaching and we talk about um, those people that nobody checks in on, I, I um, we are better together. Teaching is, is is a collegiate. We are a a family, a community. And often because we've created those disconnections in education and we've made it about something that it, it hasn't become and it's performance based and all the things that it has become, we, we lose that human element. And, um, and in terms of, I've got a couple of mates who I used to work with um, at Accrington. I've got a few mates who I used to work with at Burnley. Um, and... I, I love this because I've pretty much taken August off. We're going away for a couple of weeks, but I've pretty much taken August off from stuff. And the reason why I took August off is not just so I can look after my kids because I've done exactly the same cap. I have found all, the best holiday clubs I can find. My kids will have a whale of a time. My, my eldest might not do, but I don't care because I will have a whale of a time meeting up with teachers. <laughs> uh, I'll have breakfast and we'll have beers. We'll have whatever that looks like. Because it's about the check-in, and for me, it's about uh, about that element of check-in. And we we are as edufuturists, we we talk about this quite a lot. That the future of education is not going to. We're not trying to suggest that we replace teachers with robots, or that we go online and everybody learns. Yes, we believe that there's a personalised element. Yes, we believe that. Bring down the the establishment. Um, as as many of you know, that we we rage about that, but it's still going to need that human element, and we're very very passionate about making sure that human element happens. Um, I know that um, we are going to we're, we're going to wrap soon to bring this to a, to a close. But as we as as we kind of do finish, the conversation really is that this is just the start of a conversation. We do awards. We've done a, the last two years of awards but it's not about an award it's about celebration and finding about people the reason why we do it is because we want to hear the voices and hear the stories of people making a difference and we want this to be something that continues um, we want this to be a, a theme of what we do yes we talk about web 3 yes we talk about decentralization yes we talk about all this kind of stuff but ultimately there's no point in having a decentralized education system if there's no educators in it um so thank you so much everybody for joining us tonight an hour has flown by um and i know that we could have we could have as steve would say talked all night i could have talked all night Uh, it's like chris raya but um uh uh Yorkshire. We've lost you.
1: Uh, what, driving <laughs> on for Christmas? Come on, Ben. Oh, is that Chris there's, here? There's there's, there's, Who drives there's,
0: there's, all night? Whoever it is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Merry <laughs> Christmas, everyone. Uh, have a great summer break. Thanks so much for joining us. We've got one last podcast next week, um, which, is a, which is a very, very special one. But then we are having a summer break because we're looking after ourselves, everyone. Uh, we're looking after ourselves. So thanks, Sean, Miriam from the That Staff Room podcast. Cat winner from uh, 2021. Uh, wellbeing Champion, and Beth Preston 2022 uh, Wellbeing Champion ever Edge Futurist Awards, and Dave Scores from Six Connections, we have loved having you on, and uh, sorry if you didn't all get to speak, because me and Steve talked too much, but thank you very much for joining us. Thank you.